What's up, great people? This is your host, JB the Great, and you're tuned in to episode 15 of Crypto and Chill. Let's dive right into it. Let's address the elephant in the room. And that's a pretty big elephant. Now, I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one to have a moment like WTF, like what in the world is going on? But I didn't say what in the world. I was like, I ain't gonna say it on here. You know, if I'm trying to keep it censored, you know, I'm trying to be family friendly. So I'm just say WTF. I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one that was like WTF. And this is in reference to it's a post that came out yesterday. Shout out to um, let me get his, let me make sure I don't want to mess his name up. Shout out to Stephen Huber, uh, Lurzy, Lurzy it. I'm probably messing your name up, bro. I don't know, but shout out to you, man, Stephen Huber. I follow him on uh, Twitter, and he be posting a lot of good things on uh, regarding the XRP Ripple SEC case. But this comes from him, and it uh. Let's, let's just jump right into it, man. It's the um, let me pull it up again. This comes from the Northwestern um, Pritzker School of Law, and scheduled for Monday, January the twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. We have none other than uh, Gary Gensler, who we all know, Gare Bear, <laughs> aka Gare Bear. The, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission of Washington D.C. D.C. The one that claims that every that everything is so clear, we have clarity. There's no need for new rules, any updates for cryptocurrencies. Everything is so clear. The Howey test, the Reeves test, when something is a note, everything is so clear. We have Gary Gensler speaking at this event, May 15 to 8:45. Then from 9 to 10:15 a.m., we have Robert Jackson, a former. SEC commissioner. We also have on the panel we have Stephanie Avakian. Now, for those of you who don't know who um, Stephanie Avakian Avakian is, let me let's, let's do a little research. Let's do a little research, right? It's gonna it's quick, right? Stephanie, simply put, long story short, Stephanie Avakian is the one that prepared the Ripple lawsuit. She was with the SEC and she prepared the lawsuit against Ripple. That's who prepared it. Also, on the same panel joining her, we have William Hinman. Now, if you don't know who William Hinman is, you've obviously been sleeping under a rock. William, he goes by William Hinman, he goes by Bill Hinman. Regardless, both of the Hemmings, William Hemming or Ben Bill Hemming, however you want to address him, he is the one that gave the ultimate green light to Ethereum. He's the one that gave Ethereum the free pass. So, so far, let's backtrack a little bit. We got Robert Jackson, former SEC commissioner. He was there when Bill Hemming gave a speech. We also have Stephanie Avakian. Who prepared the lawsuit against Ripple? We have William Hinman, who gave Ethereum 
the free pass. We have Troy Paredes. Let's do a little research on Troy. Let's see what Troy is involved in. Now, when I did a little research, I came across a um, a law study. And it was titled, A Critical Review of U.S. Securities Laws and the Status of Initial Coin Offerings. Uh, potential Solutions for Issuers. Now, for some reason, he was... Uh, he was attached to this when I tried to do a little research, but Troy Paredes is a he's an ex-SEC commissioner as well. But in 2020, he joined a fintech consultant firm, uh, FS Vector. FS Vector LLC added SEC commissioner Troy A. Uh, Paredes as a senior advisor. So that's Troy. He also was a, a former um, commissioner. Let me see if I can pull up something else about him. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Mm, for some reason, everything is moving so slow right now. I don't know why. Um, and it's kind of blowing me. Anyway, let's get back to this, man. We got Troy, a former SEC um, commissioner who joined the uh, joined a fintech firm. Okay, ex SEC commissioner Paredes joins fintech consultants FS Vector, and it was posted back in August on August the twelfth, twenty twenty. I don't know what he's doing now. Um, probably can find him somewhere, but um, Paredes will help FS Vector's clients with compliance, partnerships, and regulatory strategy, among other matters. The firm said Wednesday, isn't it something that these, a lot of these commissioners and government officials go to things related to fintech and digital assets and crypto once they leave the government, once they leave places like the SEC and the CFTC and, and, and the comptroller of the currency, like these people go to the same companies that they are regulating against. But it's in some some forms of fashion, they go to what appears to be a sense of of, of conflicts of interest. But you know who know, who knows, man. We're not going to get deep into that. Let's get back to this panel. So to backtrack again, we got Robert Jackson, former SEC commissioner. We got Stephanie Vacuum, the person that that uh, prepared the lawsuit against Ripple. We got William Hammond, who gave the the, the free pass to Ethereum to set aside the fundraising for Ethereum, to set aside the ICO for Ethereum, we believe that today's offers, sales and offers of Ethereum is not does not represent a security. That's, that's William Amy. And we got Troy Perez, who is also a former commissioner. And we have Mary Jo White. Now, we all know Mary Jo White is a part of Ripple's team. She is on, the, I believe she's on the settlement team for Ripple. She's one of the, one of the, the, one of the big dogs for lack of a better term she wanted she's one of the she's not in the field doing the fight she's a part of like the team that you know sits back and and, and try to draw up this settlement to determine what's best for for a resolution it's mary joe white but now she is a part of uh debbie boys and 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 plimpton llp now you have now you have these people on the panel right these people I just named. Now let's let's check out let's check out the uh, 
Let's check out the menu. Let's check out the program menu. Wednesday, January 26th, we got updates from SEC senior staff, Division of Enforcement, and Office of the General Counsel. Ethics, managing risk, and a challenging transaction. SEC enforcement and investigations. Securities class action and shareholder litigation. Key developments and trends. Views from the plaintiff and defense sides. Everything you always wanted to know, to know about securities, securities law, but were ne- never given the chance to ask. So, reading this and looking at the people that I just mentioned that were on the that are on the panel, how is this? How is this possible? Like, how, how is this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I was conversing with someone today earlier and she mentioned that Mary Jo White had to sign an NDA so she can't speak on anything involving the case. Right. But you also have on there you have on the program views from the plaintiff and defense side. Everything you always wanted to know about the securities law but were never given a chance to ask SEC enforcement and investigation. Hmm. Either this is going to be one awkward panel, and we all know Gary is probably going to just tune in via Zoom and give his little written down speech that he always give, and you know, and, and the rules are clear. You got the Howie test, and you got the Reeves test when something is a note, and I think the rules are clear. Right, I think they're very clear. But Congress painted with a broad brush what constitutes the definition of a security. Now, I would be shocked if he. <laughs> what if Gary just comes out and say, "Hey, Mary Jo White, I still think XRP is a non-compliant security." And then they just get into a whole war on 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 camera, right? While we're watching this, but. Isn't this is like it is like it? Do you, it's either a few things, man, that I that I've come to turn that I that I think is, it has happened, right? It's either the SEC is, is fixing to start their damage control tour, their face saving program, right? By having Gary Gensler there and former SEC commissioner. And they're going to break down the case and how they go about cases and cryptocurrency and ICOs. Either they're going to fully break it down and they're going to actually talk about what is a security and what is a non-security and give actual examples. Or, or, we may have a settlement. Now, I'm not going to get my hopes up about no settlement because, you know, the world is a stage, man. You never know. So I don't I don't know. I, you really don't know what's been going on behind the scenes. Now, if it's a settlement, this little program that they got scheduled with these people being on stage together. Because why else would Mary Jo White agree to this? Right? When she know what Bill Hemmings did, when she know Gary Gessler is continuing this lawsuit, 
when she know that Stephanie is the one prepared the lawsuit so why else would Mary Jo White agree to this right so who knows man it could be a possible settlement we may be gearing up for a settlement before uh, January the 24th January the 26th we may be gearing up for it who knows but don't take my word for it you know I'm just a speculator I don't, I don't know you know it's just what the, the things that come to mind and, and and like I said this could be a part of the face saving program for the SEC for the SEC to restore a little bit of confidence they can start by doing this and announcing the settlement and saying hey we have settled with Ripple blase blase blah these are the terms this is what XRP is it's not a security and after that that announcement the crypto community is going to go crazy so you follow that announcement up with this panel to have both sides come to the table in front of everyone on camera and explain their sides and and, and explain how they came to terms with a settlement and what is expected in the future for other blockchain companies that only makes sense but what doesn't make sense is being a part of this panel while you're still representing a, a, a company that's that's currently being sued by the SEC that doesn't make sense for marriage or white for me that doesn't make sense to me you know or it, could this just be promotion for like what what is it promotion for like they know that this panel is like once they first of all they know the XRP community is a very large community like they already know it. They know John Dean is a part of this lawsuit and he has over 62,000 XRP holders that's a part of this lawsuit. So they know for a fact that this is going to attract those 62,000 plus holders. They know for a fact. And you include these people on the panel with Bill Hemmings. When Bill Hemmings was deposed, <laughs> Bill Hemmings is a part. Bill Hemmings was deposed by the same company that's being sued under Gary Gessler just being represented by Mary Jo White who is having to defend Ripple against the person Stephanie that prepared the case like how this this whole panel is crazy it's it, it's somebody on Twitter help me help me out if, if you think this is crazy let me know on Twitter man I'm on Twitter at JV the Great same as same as on here at JV the Great J-A-Y-V T-H-E G-R-E-A-T Hit me on Twitter, man. If you have a better, like, if you have another opinion, what you think, like, let me know. But, but this doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm definitely going to be tuned in um, Monday, January the 24th. That is in about mm, two weeks. Two, Yeah, this is, it's in about two weeks. So in two weeks, man, market calendars. Monday, January the 24th. You're going to have Gary Gessler. You're going to have Robert Jackson Jr. You're going to have Stephanie Avakian. You're going to have William Hemming, Troy Paredes, and Mary Jo White. Same panel. But I think Gary Gensler is coming on. And yeah, Gary Gensler has his own slot. <laughs> I guess Gary Gensler thinks he's too good to sit down and speak with them. I don't understand. I don't I don't get that. So Gary Gensler has his own slot from 8.15 to, to... Nah, Gary Gensler yeah, has his slot from 8.15 to 8.45. And then they're going to go on break from 8.45 to 9. Then 9 to 10.15. 
And it's going to be a long palace. That's a long time. That's an hour and 15 minutes. From 9 o'clock to 10, 15, that's going to be, that's, a, that's, that's going to be a lot to discuss. So I'm definitely going to be tuned in, man. Who knows what we can expect, you know, but we still haven't received um, the judges, um, her decision on the DPP yet, which I, I don't understand what's taking her so long on that. You know, maybe she's dotting her eyes and crossing her T's three times. Right, she's going over it. She's going over it and everything, and making sure you know it comes out right. I Me mean, personally, I think Ripple is going to win some kind of way, even if it's just a partial win, to where the judge says, "Okay, Ethereum and Bitcoin are that falls on the deliberative under the deliberative process uh, notion." But you guys are getting all the XRP related documents, or she may give them Ethereum and xrp documents but hold back bitcoin who knows man we'll see for some reason like i said she still has not ruled on it she still has not ruled on it you know but fingers crossed we get something soon man i've been saying this for i think the past two weeks now i thought i thought we were going to get something before new year's now new year's is here we still haven't received anything so you know fingers crossed man Like I said on Twitter, if Ripple and XRP poses a big of a threat against Ethereum and JP Morgan Alliance, enough for them to get the SEC as a roadblock, I'm very confident in what I hold. I'll ride this rocket all the way to the moon, or I'm crashing out on the downfall. Either way, XRP, man, I I, I know what I hold, you know, and sometimes I ain't gonna lie to you. I think, like, what if XRP is a scam? Like, those thoughts, of course, you know, I, I, I view things from from all sides. So, I weigh all options. I think about all scenarios. So, sometimes I catch myself and I be thinking, like, hey, what if what if XRP is a scam? What if what if the, the CEOs and the founders and whatnot, what if they are doing shady things with their own personal holdings of xrp like what if they're giving it away and and how will you know the price appreciate if they're just giving xrp away to companies and their partners or whatnot you know and then i think back to you know brad garlinghouse is is sitting in a room with all of these big time government officials and you know if 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 a scam isn't going to be anywhere near those people right If, if Ripple had was operating a scam. They would not be in these rooms with these major people of the government. Like they would not be with the feds. They would not be with anybody of the government. You know, you know, even like, for example, Ethereum, right? The only people, the only government officials you see them with that you seen them with was like people of the SEC. Right? Because you know, from all the, the 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 evidence and videos and documents that that has that have come out regarding the Ethereum Foundation and the, and the alliance, you know, they, they was in bed deep with the SEC. You know, who knows if they paid the, those people at the SEC off or what? But you know, if we looking at the evidence, it's a high chance that some not so clear things happen. Some not so good things happen involving the SEC. 
and be a human man seems like a lot of a lot of acts of, of, of conflicts of interest was going on and you know who knows if they got paid off or what but we have people that have went on camera to say like hey the sec wanted me to pay them some money you know to kind of kick it under the rug you know but who's to say that they're not going to come back years down the line and say hey you know you need to pay us again either pay us again or you know face these lawsuits and we're going to get that money one way or the other i'd rather do what ripple is doing and go through this legal battle and 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 win it and that way i have some precedence and i ain't got to keep watching over my shoulder for the sec to come running down on me you know it's a good thing i have ethereum stake man because i probably would have this is not financial advice. This is only speaking for myself, but I probably would have been on converting my Ethereum to XRP by now if I didn't have my Ethereum stake. But this, like I said, this not financial advice to you. You do what you want to do, you know that that best suits you and what you believe in. But me personally, I probably would have converted it to XRP, man. And that, on that note, let's piggyback onto this topic where we have Vitalik uh, Buterin, who is um, the, one of the creators, if not the creator of Ethereum. Um, and, you know, we've been waiting on Ethereum 2.0 for a while now. He's been promising that for some years. But now, it's in, the, it's in the article where he says, we are 50% of the way there, says Vitalik on Ethereum development. Now, with him saying that, you got to go back to the Bill Hemmings speech. Bill Hemmings said that this thing was, it, it's ready to go, pretty much. If you just sum up Bill Hemmings' words, he's pretty much saying, hey, Ethereum is ready to go. They selling this token for a platform that is decentralized and, and fully functional. You know, it's ready to go. Ethereum is ready to go. You know, and I see y'all sales, you know, to set aside the fundraiser or whatnot. I see y'all current sales of Ethereum to be non-securities because they are, they have a platform that's working properly good. But as we know, you know, you get gas fees on Ethereum, man, damn near anywhere from 40 to, you know, who knows? It's, it's no limit how high that gas fee can go, right? It's no limit. So you mean to tell me? That's the decentralized exchange that's supposed to be the future. It's supposed to be way up three. You paying those high high amounts for gas fees? No, this product is not ready. And that's why Vitalik Buterin said it's only we, we are fifty percent of the way there. It's been years and they're still only fifty percent. They're not going to be finished by the time Ripple gets out of this lawsuit. Unless unless the SEC continues to pull these de- little delay tactics, right? But I don't see the SEC playing this game much longer because it's it's too much information out there. L- the longer this case goes on, the more information is is brought to light. Nothing that's done in the dark stays in the dark forever. It it, it, it always comes to the light. You know, like nighttime don't last forever. You can hide for oh so long. But those things that were done in the dark will eventually come to the light. And a lot of stuff has already come to the light involving the SEC and, and Ethereum. Now, the longer it goes on, the longer this case goes on, man, the, the, the more people's freedoms get jeopardized. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people want this case to end. So I don't see the SEC, the land, you know, pulling this delay tactic much longer. I don't and, and I don't see how they can 
after this this uh, expert discovery, after that delay, I don't see them being able to delay any other process of this lawsuit. Like after this expert discovery and and facts discovery and all this stuff, I don't see how else they can they can delay the case, man. I really don't. But let's jump back into Vitalik Buterin and his 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 fifty percent of the way there topic. Vitalik Buterin has walked listeners through a five-part roadmap on the latest Bankless podcast where he outlined the necessary steps for Ethereum to survive and thrive. In order to achieve ultimate scalability and decentralization, uh, Butalik claimed uh, Vitalik. They they said that wrong. Why they say Butalik? (laughs) Vitalik Buterin claimed that Ethereum needs to be more agile and more lightweight in terms of a blockchain data so that more people can manage and use it. That's That's one thing about Vitalik. He's solely dedicated to the technology. He's solely dedicated to his craft. I don't. I, I believe he don't care if it's a security or not. He don't care. He his primary focus is making sure he have a a successful blockchain. He wants to see his creation uh, all the way through. He wants to see it in a in a state to where it's proper to where it prospers. I don't think he cares about the security laws or whatnot. He's going to keep it honest because he's a developer. He won't. He wants to let his work speak for him. Now, Joe Lubin, on the other hand, who is one of the, uh, I guess, one of the the, the partners or whatnot, the co-founder, however you want to label him, um, he's more on the getting over on people's sides, right? He he seems like he's more part of the trying to fool uh, investors and trying to fool the regulators or whatnot. You know, Vitalik, he's more on on the techno- te- technological side. He just wants to, uh, a, a successful process. Pro- uh, he wants a successful project. He wants to see his project, you know, to be successful. He wants to see it all the way through. At the beginning of December, uh, Buterin also published an article titled Endgame, where he makes the case that all blockchains will ultimately cover uh converge in the future while listing the tools that will allow for block verification to happen in a decentralized and censorship resistant way the first step is called the merge referring to the full transition away from proof of work to proof of state taking place in the first half of 2022 part two called the surge plans to give Ethereum increased scalability, massive bandwidth, and throughout, particularly on ZK rollups. The merge and the surge are the most important upgrades. When asked to evaluate Ethereum's progress made so far in the past six years, Buterin asserted that we are 50% of the way there. Thanks to the launch of the Beacon Chain, the London Hard Fork, and even the rise of non-fungible tokens, NFTs. But there is still a long way to go. Once the merge and surge go through, and there is full sharding implementation, then it will supposedly be 80% complete. The roadmap, which is estimated to take another 6 years to complete, will lead to 100% optimization, according to Buterin. The next phases include the verge, enabling more users to run nodes and essentially 
democratizing access to the broadest number of participants, possibly to anyone and everyone who wants to verify the, vali- the validity of the chain, said Buterin. Following the verge are the purge and splurge. <laughs> uh, following the verge are the purge and splurge phases, referring to the elimination of historic- historical data and the addition of miscellaneous upgrades, respectively. Man, you mean to tell me? <laughs> people are willing to wait six more years and pay high ass gas fees for six more years for Ethereum rather than to switch to Solana Cardano Ripple the XRP Ledger like come on man XLM Stellar HBAR XDC Network, Sinfin Network. Come on, man. Come on, man. Really? Why? Why? Why is the SEC even attempting to hold back Ripple? It don't matter how long they draw this out. Ethereum still isn't going to be ready. Still not going to be ready. Let's jump back into this article. Buterin summarized. Vitalik Buterin summarized his ideal scenario for an Ethereum 2.0 that doesn't sacrifice decentralization for scalability. He quote, leave the past in the past and create an Ethereum that actually becomes simpler and simpler over time. Uh, Buterin admitted that it is not yet the layer one system that is ready for direct mass adoption. The creator in himself is telling everyone He's telling us it's not ready for mass adoption. So why are people, why why are the SEC, why are everyone news articles, Coindesk, the, 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 the online blog sites, like why are they shilling Ethereum so much when it's not even ready? Like Digital Asset Investor says, it's a demo. Joe Lubin said himself, they put out a product that they knew could not work. It's not scalable. It's a demo. You have these people putting Ethereum on their on their sheets, on their on their own, creating trust for Ethereum when it's a demo. It don't even work. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand that. I hope Ethereum is successful. Like I said, I own some Ethereum. I hope it's successful. But let's just be honest here. Like, what is the big, what's the hype? Vitalik is telling everyone there's still at least six more years to go before Ethereum 2.0 comes out. And currently right now, it's not ready for mass adoption. It's not scalable. Proof of work don't work. Now you got the XRP ledger has everything like and soon we'll have the capability of having NFTs. I mean, come on, man. Like, come on, people. Like, I understand them creating a, a try, attempting to create a monopoly for Ethereum and have everything launched off Ethereum and built onto Ethereum. I be, but I mean, come on, man. Y'all really want to continue to pay those high-ass gas fees? Come on now. Come on. 
In addition to scalability, another theme that Buterin emphasized is security and the safety measures measures around the upgrades. He compared block, blockchain building to the development of a city. Just as the police and the military work to defend their city or nation, so do blockchain users act as, a, as the security guards watching for attack, attackers. And as sites expand or blocks get added to the chain, more security is needed. Currently, Ethereum runs currently Ethereum runs on about 2.6 megabytes per second of blockchain data, according to Buterin. He claimed that once Ethereum has the ability to add more bandwidth and increase the user base, the more defenders will be able to run nodes and to verify that everything is going okay. Ethereum's native token, Ether, stands as the world's second largest cryptocurrency in terms of market capitalization at $454 billion at the time of this publication. Of course, because it's the only one that has clarity. Of course. Of course, man. Of course. Like, I don't I don't understand it. America worked this hard. America, like, America is really standing behind this blockchain that is a demo that it's not even based in the United States. It's a Swiss-based company. I, was, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, let's jump to another topic. We got people saying that Bitcoin could hit $100,000. Now, Bitcoin was supposedly going to hit 100000 at the end of last year. Here we are in 2022. Still no 100 k but got some people saying it and some of those people are Goldman Sachs the price of Bitcoin could hit the elusive $100,000 milestone if the digital asset continues to take market share from gold Goldman Sachs said Bitcoin's float adjusted market capitalization is currently a little over $700 billion while the public owns about $2.6 trillion of gold for the purpose of investing, an analyst wrote in a note Tuesday. This means Bitcoin commands roughly a 20% share of the store of value market, which includes gold. Bitcoin's market share will likely rise as more institutions turn their, turn their eye towards digital assets, Goldman predicted. Moreover, Bitcoin-specific scaling solutions continue to be attractive for investors, despite its consumption of real-world resources, the bank added. Hypothetically, if Bitcoin's share of the store of value market were to rise to 50% over the next five years, with no growth in overall demand for stores of value, its price would increase to just over $100,000 for a compound annualized return of 17 to 18%, accounting for growth in Bitcoin supply over time wrote Zach Pandle, Goldman's co-head of global LFX and EM strategy. So, got Goldman Sachs saying that Bitcoin is primed for 100k. Now, maybe they're getting ready to offer it to or maybe they're just shilling it to their wealthy investors. Hmm. So, institutional money, which did got some institutional money ready to be getting ready to be dumped into the crypto space. So, we shall see. We shall see. 
So apparently we're still in a in a, in a bull market. I'm assuming. I'm not a charts guy. I don't I don't I don't read the charts like that. I'm not a charts guy. I'm not. I don't try to. I don't attempt to trade, swing trade, none of that. I just like to invest in utility based digital assets. You know, and that's it. Right. The Bitcoin versus gold argument has intensified in the past months. With Bitcoin gaining favor as an inflation hedge amid surging prices for goods and services. Last year, the price of Bitcoin jumped around 60%, while the price of gold fell 3.6%, marking the biggest annual decline since 2015. Now, we also have someone else. The founder of crypto lending platform argues that Bitcoin could hit $100,000 by mid-2022. Bitcoin can see further upside and surge as high as $100,000 by the middle of 2022, according to Antonio Trenchev of cryptocurrency lender Nexo. The world's largest cryptocurrency by market count was trading at $46,170.43 as of 8.42 p.m. Eastern Monday, according to data from CoinMetrics. Quote, I think Bitcoin is going to reach $100,000 this year, probably by the middle of it. Trenchev, co-founder and managing partner of Nexo, told CNBC's Street Science Asia on Monday. The firm claims to the world's largest lending institution in the digital finance industry, according to its website. The company has issued more than $6 billion in credit and managed assets for more than $2.5 million users. I mean, for more than 2.5 million users globally, it said. Bitcoin has largely been a winner in the pandemic era rising more than 60% in 2021 despite being far off its record high of around $69,000 earlier that, that year. In comparison, the S&P 500 rose nearly 27% during the same period, while the Dow and NASDAQ gained 18.73% and 21.39% for the year respectively. But not everyone is as bullish as Trenchev. Some experts have warned that Bitcoin may be poised for a steep drop in the coming months. Carol Alexander, professor professor of finance at Sussex University, says she sees says she sees Bitcoin tanking as low as ten thousand dollars in twenty twenty two, virtually wiping out all of its gains in the past year and a half. Man, you know how crazy people are going to be going and if if Bitcoin dropped to ten thousand dollars, man. If bit if Bitcoin dropped to ten thousand dollars, man, that is a well orchestrated sell-off because you got people what's that uh what's that company um i think it's not real vision um micro strategies i believe i think that's the name of it with with michael saylor he he's the uh he's the head guy they're buying bitcoin left to right they they're buying bitcoin every time it dips at the at, at around a forty thousand dollar price range, so if Bitcoin drops to ten thousand dollars, you don't think people like that will know it's gonna drop? Nah, come on, man, that ain't how the world works. These people with a lot of money tied into Bitcoin, man, they're they're connected. They they talk. Believe me, you know when when you're when you're all invested into an asset. I'm pretty sure there's a circle of people that that's that's staying in contact, staying in touch. Like, okay, we finna move these funds in. Okay, cool. We finna buy the dip at this point. We finna buy the dip at this point. Blah blah blah. And if there's any type of sell-off, if there's any type of sell-off, 
everybody's in the loop. It's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a group chat. You know, Wales. It's a, I'm pretty sure it's a Wales group chat. That we probably like, like the average retail investor know nothing knows nothing about. <laughs> you know, when we see dips, man, these whales, these whales playing with the money, man. They they're playing with the with these markets. You know, so hey, if it's a drop to ten thousand, best believe it's well orchestrated. Believe me, believe me. Now let's go to another topic, man. Um. Let's see here. Uh, the number of countries banning crypto has doubled in three years. Although 2021 was a good year for the cryptocurrency industry in terms of market performance, the number of jurisdictions banning crypto has more than doubled since 2018. A report by the Library of Congress details the nine jurisdictions that have now applied an absolute ban on crypto and 42 with an implicit ban. This is up from 8 and 15 respectively in 2018 when the report was first published. The LOC is the research library for the United States Senate, acting as the national library for the country. In the context of the LOC report, an absolute, an absolute ban means any transactions with or holding cryptocurrency is a criminal act. Whereas an implicit ban prohibits cryptocurrency exchanges, banks, and other other financial institutes from dealing in cryptocurrencies or offering services to individual individuals businesses dealing in cryptocurrencies. Wow! Imagine having a big portfolio in in, in a country that's banning it, and they just all of a sudden say it's it's banned. I want do they give you like a certain amount of time to sell, and like what happens? Like they gotta build a man. They gotta be a tough situation, man. You know that. You know the world is, is innovating and, and moving forward, but yet your country is stopping you from participating and banning everything. Like, man, I would hate to be in an area where they say you cannot participate in anything involving crypto. It's banned. Like, man, I would hate that. The dramatic increases in jurisdictions banning or regulating cryptocurrency over the past three years is not showing signs of slowing, as several governments are currently reviewing their options. Aside from the 51 jurisdictions with a crypto ban, 103 have applied anti-money laundering and combating and combating the funding of terrorism, AML, CFT, the CFT laws, a threefold increase from the 33 jurisdictions with such laws in place in 2018. And that's why a lot of, if, if let's just say this, if the, the whole country, the whole world decides to ban cryptocurrencies, but only the ones with regulatory clarity and the ones that are helping uh, move the country forward, for example, the ISO 222 coins, if only those coins are allowed to be traded and and only only allowed to be invested in, you're only going to have a handful of cryptocurrencies to invest in. Maybe, let's say maybe, let's say max 20 coins. I'm, I'm just, you know, benefit of the doubt. Let's say max 20 coins, right? All the other coins banned. If you don't have no purpose, you're not serving no purpose for the world, for the country, banned. They do that, man. You better hope you're invested in the right assets. 
you better hope you're invested in the right assets, right? And that's why I'm utility-based. Like, I feel comfortable with my portfolio because damn near every coin is is utility-based. It has some utility behind it, whether it's involved in payments, whether it's involved in uh, geographical uh, um, um, solutions, like, or whether it's involved with the NFT space. But it has utility. I'm not investing in anything that's like I may I I, I may invest in a in a like sheep sheep. You know I threw a little money in it a while ago. You know let it sit. Let it, if it do, it do what it do. You know it's not enough. It's 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 not to the amount to where if I lose it, I'll be hurt over it. Right. So you know a little play money here and there. But as far as my main holdings, man, utility based. All utility based. Period. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't care about all these different type of coins or whatnot. Like if it's utility based with a with a good backing behind it, good white paper, probably gonna get my money. But anyway, back to the topic. Uh, a Swedish financial watchdog and a Swedish environmental protection agency called for a ban on proof of work mining in November due to the power demands and environmental cost of keeping networks running. This was met with harsh criticism from Paris-based uh, Melanian Capital, which called the claims against mining completely misinformed. And you know, currently, Ethereum is on proof of work. Bitcoin is on proof of work. So, Sweden's European Union neighbor across the, the Baltic Sea, Estonia, is set on implementing AML CFT rules in February. These new rules are expected to change the definition of what a virtual asset service provider is and, and, and imply an implicit ban on decentralized finance and Bitcoin. India's government created a scare when lawmakers there considered a crypto ban last year. The outcome was not an outright ban, but a push to regulate cryptocurrencies as crypto assets from the Securities and Exchange Board of India, which oversees the regulation of local crypto exchanges. An outright ban, however, is not out of the question. So be mindful of what you're investing in, people. Be mindful. And then we have Kosovo bans cryptocurrency mining to save electricity during crisis. Kosovo's economy and energy minister said, quote, all law enforcement agencies will stop the production of cryptocurrency mining. Kosovo's government on Tuesday introduced a ban on cryptocurrency mining in an attempt to curb electricity consumption as the country faces the worst energy crisis in a decade due to production outages. All law enforcement agencies will stop the production of, the act, of this activity in cooperation with other relevant institutions that will identify the location where there is cryptocurrency production. Economy and Energy Minister Artane Rizbanoli said in a, state, in a statement, Due to cheap power prices in Kosovo, in recent years, many young people in Kosovo have got involved in crypto mining for such currency as Bitcoin. Faced with coal-fired power plant outages and high import prices, authorities were forced last month to introduce power cuts. European gas prices soared more than 30% on Tuesday after low supplies from Russia reignited concerns about an energy crunch as colder weather approaches. In December, Kosovo declared a state of emergency for 60 days 
which will allow the government to allocate more money to energy imports, introduce more power cuts, and harsher measures. One miner who spoke on on condition of anonymity and who was 40 GPUs told uh, uh, routers he was paying around 170 170 euros per month for electricity and it's getting around 2,400 euros per month in profit for mining. Corn mining has been on the rise in northern Kosovo, mostly populated by Serbs who do not recognize the state of Kosovo and refuse to pay electricity. The country of 1.8 million people is now importing more than 40% of its consumed energy with high demand during the winter when people use electricity mainly for heating. Hmm. Around 90% of energy production in Kosovo is from lignite, a soft coal that produces toxic pollution when burned. Official figures show Kosovo has the world's fifth largest lignite reserves of 12, 12 to 14 billion tons. Interesting, people. Interesting. And on another note, we got Solana. Solana. Not long ago, you know, anything that's a that's a competitor that's a competitor to Ethereum, he don't have too much nice to say. He even mentioned that uh, Solana will eventually um, come aboard Ethereum because they have a, a, a they have a a strategy that is not sustainable. Like they're paying too much in cryptocurrency per year for that to be a, a long term sustainable blockchain. So. But on top of Solana hit with another network incident causing degraded performance. The Solana blockchain has suffered a third incident in just a few months that clogged the network and caused transactions to fail. With users debating whether it was caused by another distributed denial of service attack, a, a DDoS attack, or if it was just network issues. The scale and nature of the incident are hard to ascertain with Coinbase. Wu blockchain and redditors reporting there has been an incident causing the network to slow and transactions to fail. However, Solana Labs co-founder Anatoly denied there had been a DDoS on this occasion. The latest incident comes less than a month after a previous attack that saw reports the network was clogged with mass botting due to another initial DEX offering on Solana-based decentralized exchange platform Radium. According to Wu Blockchain, the Solana network went down for around four hours in the early morning of Tuesday uh, as a result of an apparent DDoS attack. Solana shows the network has been fully operational with 100% uptime over that period. Cryptocurrency group on Reddit on Tuesday also shared several screenshots of Solana users reporting issues with failed Solana transactions around that time of potential DDoS and network downtime. Coinbase also provided an incident report over the past 24 hours on the Solana's network, degraded performance that resulted in failed withdrawals of SOL of Solana on the crypto exchange. This is why you don't use a services own status page to come to conclusions, especially if it masquerades as a decentralized blockchain, but in reality, it's just a glorified database. <laughs> But other users responding to the cryptocurrency posts in the Solana community questioned the, val- the validity of the claims. To 
together, man. And last topic of the day, man. If you made a killing with crypto in 2021, please do your taxes. Do your taxes. Even if you didn't make a killing, like do your taxes. You don't want the IRS sending you letters and emails and calling you because you ain't paid your taxes, man. Pay your taxes. You know, you gotta pay. You can't. You can't. You cannot pay taxes on crypto and think you're gonna be okay. Like they they look at crypto as property. So if you buy a house and then sell it same year, you're gonna be hit with uh, capital gains taxes, short term capital gains taxes. If you sell it, even if you sell it after a year, two years, you know, long term capital gains tax discount, whatever. But you're gonna have to pay taxes. That's what I'm trying to say. You're gonna have to pay taxes regardless, right? So. And they say even if you like converted, like say for instance you got uh, ADA and you converted to Ethereum, you converted to Bitcoin, that convert that conversion is a taxable event. But let's get in it. Let's get into it, man. Don't like I said. Don't have. Don't be like um, Chris, Chris Tucker, Wesley Snipes, you know, and all them folks that try to skip out on paying taxes. You know, they, the IRS want their money. Record-breaking year for cryptocurrency in 2021, many investors may soon face a hefty tax bill for their good fortune. The digital asset market value soared past $2 trillion, with Bitcoin reaching an all-time high above $69,000 in November, and Ether surging to nearly $5,000 during the same period. While prices dipped in December, many investors still saw sizable year-to-over-year growth. Be prepared to pay some tax, said enrolled agent Adam uh, Markowitz, Vice President at Howard Markowitz, and that's in Leesburg in Florida. But calculating your balance can be tricky, he said, particularly if it was a year of heavy trading. Well, I said, like I said, man, I don't do no trading. I, I don't care about all that. I ain't trying to be no trader. If I wanted to be a trader, I'd be a stock trader. I would have been a stock trader by now. But I don't care to, you know, maybe down the line, maybe. I don't know, but. As of now, I don't care to be able to trade. Um, since cryptocurrency is considered property, it may be subject to capital gains tax when exchanged or sold at a profit. If you exchange dis- digital coins, cash out to U.S. Dollar, dollars, or make a purchase, it may be a taxable event, said Matt uh, Metres, an enrolled agent and cryptocurrency tax specialist at MDM Financial Services in Rochester, New York. The gain or loss is the difference between your purchase price, known as the basis and value upon sale or exchange, and tax rates depend on how long you have owned the coin. This right here shows a chart. Capital gains tax rates for 2021. Um, long-term capital gains rate. You got a uh, single filers, uh, taxable income, zero percent, and that's zero dollars to forty thousand four hundred dollars. Uh, single filers, fifteen percent. If your income is $40,401 to $445,850. And 20 filers, if your income is $445,851 or more. Now, if you're married, filing jointly, uh, you got 0% um, long term capital gains rate at $0 to $80,000 and $800. Uh, 15% merit filing jointly if your income is $80,801 to $501,600 
and 20% merit filing jointly at income rate of $501,601 or more. You may qualify for long-term capital gains rates of 0, 0%, 15%, or 20%, depending on taxable income if you hold the currency for more than one year. However, selling or exchanging assets after less than one year triggers short-term capital gains with regular income tax rates up to 37% for top earners. And many crypto investors trade digital coins frequently, according to CNBC survey. Yeah, of course. Oh. And um, lack of reporting, one of the biggest crypto tax challenges is many investors don't keep records of transactions and it's difficult for exchanges to track assets moving between wallets and brokers. Uh, for example, if you bought Bitcoin or Coinbase, transferred it to your wallet and then moved it to Gemini, the second exchange wouldn't know the original purchase price, uh, Metra said. While the deadline for Form 1099-B, which brokers use to report an investor's profits and loss, is January the 31st, it's unclear which crypto exchanges, if any, will send these forms for 2021. This Despite limited reporting, the IRS still expects you to report crypto transactions. How pay crypto taxes? If exchanges don't provide Form 1099-B, you may be left with each broker's spreadsheet of transactions or other reporting options, which may still be difficult to reconcile. The best is try to reverse engineer it. You can reconstruct records by importing each exchange's files into crypto tax reporting software. It is overwhelming when it's a big mess. Everything adds up eventually. There are several companies that can provide Form 8949 to summarize crypto activity and file your returns. However, errors may be possible and the reporting may not be sufficient for an IRS audit. Yeah. With crypto, are you selling crypto? Make sure you pay your taxes, man. Especially if you don't got rich, pay them taxes, bro. You don't want the IRS come knocking on your door. You probably bought you a house, nice car, bought you some property. All off the profits of cryptocurrency. Man, make sure you pay your taxes first off. One more. You don't want the government hounding you down like the SEC is going after these people, these blockchain companies for unregistered securities. It's even worse when the IRS is coming after you for your taxes. <laughs> so if you think Gary Gensler is bad, don't get on the IRS's bad side. But that was everything for today. Thank you for tuning in, man. Follow me on Twitter at JV the Great J A Y V T H E G R E A T. And once again, I'm your host, and you have just tuned in to Crypto and Chill. Have a blessed one.